It's a gift to love. And it's a gift to be loved. And we should never take loving each other for, for granted. It's, a, it's a, one of the greatest things we could do to be like Jesus is to love one another. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning. I'm, the title of my message is, When Fishermen Don't Fish. When Fishermen Don't Fish. Now, for several years, I had a, uh, a little thing inside of me that I would never preach the same sermon twice. I mean, as you all know, if you've been here, things over do overlap, but I had, it was like, I, I just wanted ever, I wanted, I wanted, I didn't want to take the sermon preparation for granted, and I thought they need, everybody needs fresh things, and the Lord convicted me of that, and it kind of spoke to my heart. He said, well, what if I want you to preach it again? And you got this little thing inside of you that says, you ain't going to preach it again. What are you going to do then? And so I decided I'd preach it again. <laughs> if I felt like that's what got you with me, I mean, it, it can't be about pleasing man. It's got to always be about pleasing God to the best of our abilities. Not that we always get that right, but... So I preached this sermon again back in 19, 2017, not 19, nothing. <laughs> 2017, I preached this sermon, and then this week I felt compelled to preach it again. And honestly, this is a sermon that if the truth be told, probably needs to be preached at least once a year. Uh, I just think that this is that important for us to get. So I just want to pray. Lord, again, we surrender our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our souls to you. And uh, uh, pray, Lord, today the, the washing of the word would clarify who we are and what you've called us to do, the, the, the fishing, Lord, that you have for us uh, in this world of where there's so many, so many people that need to be reached for you that uh, uh, that you would inspire each one of us that you would uh, enhance the call because we know that you've already called us but that you would enhance the call that you put on each and every one of our lives here in this building everybody watching online Lord that, that your call that you put on us would, uh, would resonate oh God and that, that we would actually uh, respond and do uh, and be who you called us to be and do what you've called us to do. Thank you. Amen. Fishermen don't fish. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 4. Jesus made this statement. He said, follow me. Follow, follow me. And you're going to hear a lot of verses today and a lot of stuff that, that you already know. But please try to listen to it from a, a fresh perspective. You with me? Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. There's a little kid, he had his, he was sitting on the curb 
and he had his had a fishing pole. And he had a fishing line down the, going down the drain, and lady walked by and felt sorry for him and gave him fifty cents. And and she said, "How many of you caught today?" The little kid said, "You're the tenth one." Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Matthew chapter four, verse 18. What happens when fishermen don't fish? As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew and they were casting the net into the lake for they we're fishermen. That's what fishermen do, right? These were two fishermen and they were busy doing what they were busy doing because God always calls busy people who are doing something. He's always looking for somebody that's willing to do something. He doesn't really call a lot of lazy people because lazy people don't respond because they're, there you go, they're lazy. They were casting their net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men at once. At once they left their nets. At once they left their nets and following they didn't there was no talk about salary there was no talk about vacation plans there's no talk about moving experiences there was no talk about 401k matching programs there was no talk about any of that at once this is so important because we have been inundated with expectations and entitlements in our world today that we think we have to get entitlements and we have expectations that God has to meet from us before we will follow him. Wow. Stay right where you're at. Verse 21, going on from there, he saw two brothers, two other brothers, James son of Zebedee and his brother John, and they were in their boat. They were doing something too with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets, and Jesus called them. And immediately, everybody say immediately. (laughs) Immediately, they left their nets and their father and followed him. This is the gospel of count how Jesus enlisted four of the 12 disciples. One third of the disciples in one smooth swoop went by the lake and called four fishermen 
that had no ministerial experience. They had no credentials. They had no doctorate in ministry. They had not even so much as taught a Sunday school class. They were just fishermen. Had no experience. Fishermen. At once, immediately, they left their nets. Follow Jesus. Oh, to be spontaneous. Oh, to be like that and not to calculate so much that we miss the call that God put on our life. One-third of the team is called right out of the fishing business. The appeal that Jesus used was quite simple. Follow me. Just simple. Follow me. Now make you fishers of men. These guys were, they've been living on the lakes. They were veteran fishermen. It's not like they were just like looking for a job. They were veteran fishermen. They knew their skills and they apparently did them very well. And, but when they encountered somebody named Jesus, something different happened inside of them. Something stirred up. This thing called eternity was, began to burn inside of them. Can you imagine having a physical encounter with the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world? Can you imagine having a, an encounter physically with Jesus? Yes, we can, because we do that. We're doing it right now. <laughs> He's here. Thank you. From now on, they would invest their lives into something with eternal significance, they will become fishers of men. And the truth of the matter is that Jesus calls all of us to be fishermen. And when we do that, we are continuing the work that Jesus began when he walked on the face of this earth. Let me tell you something about the call of God. When I was growing up and in church world, in churchy terms, many times we talk about, oh, he has the call, the call. Y'all remember that one? He's called. And we thought that when you have the call, that, that you're separated from everybody else, that you're, you're like, the, the, like the, the ministry guru that just like has all of the answers and we put the, that person up on a pedestal and it's like, oh, we have to, we're like, he's got the call. Let me tell you something. That's hogwash. We all have the call. You say, well, yeah, but some people do it full time. Let me tell you something. We're all supposed to do the call full time. Full time. Not part-time, but full-time. It doesn't matter what your occupation is or what my occupation is. It doesn't matter whether we're at Kroger's or Walmart. It doesn't matter if we're at work, wherever we're at. We are called to be ministers of the truth of the word of God and to bring eternity into the hearts of people who don't know that it's there, but to spur something up inside of them whenever they hear your 
that they see you, they know there's something different and you can talk to them about something that they've been thinking about all their lives and that's their eternal destination. And it's up to the church to go fishing. Oh, I want to tell you this. The world does a better job of fishing for your kids, for your time, I got a picture. I found it on my phone this morning and the first service didn't get it, but the tech team, I think they have it. And I want to show you a picture of Darla fishing when we was up in Colorado. If y'all will show that picture right now, that'd be super. (laughs) Check it out. You know what happened? Uh, this, is, this is a true story. This is, that's a real bird, and that bird came and landed on Darla's fishing pole. And I didn't know why it did that until this morning. It occurred to me during the worship in the first service that the reason that bird is there is for an illustration. You know what happens when you're distracted while you're fishing? You stop fishing. Is our world full of distractions? Little birds, go, oh, it's so cute, it's so cute. Oh, I've got, oh, look at, look at my big pickup. Look at my good looking horse. Man, look at my new golf clubs. There's a lot of distractions. Man, my boat goes faster than everybody else will. The world's full of distractions from fishing. We got a bunch of fishermen in here. I'm talking about fishing for people right now. We got a lot of people, but I'm going to tell you something. We can all do better. We can all do better. Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says this. It says, the son of man came, for the son of man came. Why did he come? To seek and to save that which was lost. He, that was the whole purpose. The whole purpose of Jesus coming was to seek and to save those who are lost. So if that was Jesus's purpose and we are Christians, which means to be Christ-like, if we are like Christ, then why wouldn't we be the ones who would seek to save those who are lost? We can't save them, but we can seek after them and introduce them to the one who can save them. Christ's purpose in coming was to seek and to save lost people. His key objective was not to bring, listen to me, his key objective was not to bring comfort, happiness, healing, contentment, wealth, or power. His key objective was to seek and to save those who are lost. 
we in our flesh, we're all interested in the comfort and the happiness and all of these things happen and Jesus brings these things to us. But let me tell you something, if we are thinking about all of these things as we walk through life, we want comfort, we want peace, we want wealth, we want all of these blessings in our lives. Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. We are leaving out the most important and the most vital thing, which is to seek and to save those who are lost. They won't tell you this in foo-foo. The foo-foo church will go, oh, it's, it's okay. Just, just show up and, and kumbaya, my Lord. Bless me. I'm here for me. Oh, I'm not getting what I want out of church this morning. I just don't feel it. Well, let me tell you something. We don't do church for you anyway. We do church for him. We're here for him. We're here to worship the king of kings because God wants us to grow up and to seek and to help him save those who are lost. It's time we went fishing. It's hard to get down. <laughs> And then you got to get up. Uh, in John 20, 21, Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. We've all been carried to, called to carry out the work of Christ. This is not an isolated call that relates to just a few people. This is an appeal to every believer. We all have a part. We all have responsibility, whether we're here at home or in this sanctuary or whether you're <clears throat> online, whether you're living in Tennessee and having in a, in a wedding venue in Tennessee or whether you're in a home in England or wherever you're at having church this morning, you are here for a reason and a purpose. And it's not just for you, it's for those who are lost because God died for the other people outside of the church as much as he died for us who are here inside of the church and we must look outside of ourselves. Wherever we go, we should be fishing for people. Some try to shame people for witnessing. <laughs> I, I don't think it's, I don't think, sh I've been in, in church a lot where you kind of get shamed into doing something, you know, it's like, Oh, we gotta help, and, and if you don't help us, um, you're going to hell. I mean, that's like the go-to thing. You, if you don't do something, you're, just, you're gonna go to hell, so you gotta go help, and then you're like, oh, I don't wanna go to hell, so I'll help for, but it doesn't work because it doesn't last very long. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you'll show up a little while because you don't wanna go to hell, but if you don't love it, you're not gonna stay with it. So this is, this is a sales pitch, and I'm going to tell you something. We have our one connection this morning, and really, that's what this message is all about, so that we can be better fishermen for Christ. And, and, and we have so many amazing things that happen here at the church. I mean, down, down there at the arena, we have Bible studies. We have arena ministry. We have the three-cross ministry, where, the, where we feed different people, and we give gifts of, of meat out into different ministries within uh, well, all over this area, thousands of pounds of, of cattle go into the, the, the slaughterhouse every month, and we provide a lot of 
meet for those people because we believe that the, the gift will make room for the giver and we give in the name of Jesus so people can come to know Jesus as their personal savior. They come up the hill and we have so many things going on here. So many volunteers, parking lot and everything that happens, the tech people, everything. And uh, the men's, the women's ministry, the I'm going to get in trouble if I go on, but the, the youth ministry that knocks it out of the park, so many of these ministries have to have help. And the life groups, and, and what we want to do, we want to help equip you, we, uh, and we feel like that that's, that's part of the job of the church is to equip people, but we don't want to shame you into doing it. We want you to love fishing, so this is Paul's bold challenge in 1 Corinthians 11. 1. He said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So if Jesus' number one priority was to seek and to save that which was lost, and if we claim to be followers of Christ and Jesus called us to continue the work he began, shouldn't it be our number one priority? And I want to make something clear here. I'm I'm not talking about building up the Lone Star Cowboy Church. We just want a bigger church so we can have a bigger church. And and that's not the reason. We want to build the kingdom of God. There's a lot of great churches in our area. We need to be a blessing to them. Uh, It's not just about the local church, but I do believe this, that if we will do a good job here, we can bless other churches in our community. We can bless the kingdom of God. And ultimately, lives will be changed for eternity and people will wind up in heaven because you made a decision to get engaged instead of being disengaged, getting out of neutral and putting it into drive, if you will. That makes sense? Sweet. So we, like Peter, must become fishermen. Uh, with every solution, there's always a problem. I love to go fishing in Colorado for those little brook trout. They're just kick. Anybody ever done that? Raise your hand if you've been fishing for the brooks. Bookies, oh, they're so, it's so, it's just a little old bitty creek. But those brook, they're, bookies, they're, they're a little bit, they're pretty shy and you kind of got to, you got to kind of sneak up on them. If they see your shadow in the water, they'll, they'll, they'll leave and you got to be really sneaky. And so <clears throat> you throw that hook in the water, but you don't throw it right on top of them because that'll scare them. What you do, you put the hook like on a rock and you let that rock, the water make that, that worm float over that rock like it's, like it's natural. And they see that. When they do that, they, they take a hold of it and they, they taste so good. They taste so good. There's nothing like fishing for book. But the problem is, is a lot of times if, if you don't want to climb the mountain, you don't get to fish. Or if you're not afraid, if you don't want to get wet because it rains a lot in the mountain, you don't get to fish. If you're not willing to cover some obstacles and work at it, you're probably not going to want to fish much. If you would much rather watch TV or play video games, you're probably not going to get much fishing done. But let me tell you something. 
If you ever catch a fish, if you ever just, you see somebody and you get to talk to them about Jesus, you get to introduce them to Jesus, you pray with them and you help them to invite Jesus to come into your heart. Let me tell you something. I'm just, just going to give you a little warning here. You do that one time, you're going to want to go back fishing again the next day because there ain't nothing like leading somebody to Jesus. Nothing like it. But there's always problems. Most Christians aren't really that concerned with fishing. Most of them, most churches really aren't that concerned with fishing. The truth of the matter is, is that while most churches give lip service to seeing the lost come to Jesus, many have gone year after year without a single conversion. The Bible says they left their nets. I was a... The, the, I was out rodeoing years ago, back before before I was married, and I was on the rodeo circuit, and <clears throat> I was at Denver at the rodeo, and the pastor of the, the First Assembly of God Church in Denver, Colorado, came up with his visit, and he's looking for a junior high youth pastor, and the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, I want you to go be the junior high youth pastor at Denver First Assembly, I want you to lay your ropes down, quit roping, and give me a year of your life without roping or anything. And then when at the end of a year, we'll talk. That was kind of the word the Lord gave to me. And so I turned my horse out and, and just uh, moved into a, an apartment below the church building, was a church janitor for a year and did the junior high youth ministries. I had a couple that came up to me and they were very uh, uh, energetic, I'll say, really, really energetic. And they, they was like, go-getter type people. And they wanted to help with their junior high youth ministry. And you know how it is with, with ministry. You always need help, always need help. So I was like, man, come on. And so this, this guy, he was like, he said, Randy, Let's, uh, let's go up in the mountains. Let's go fishing because we just need to have a little time to bond. I was like, well, it's, it's, it's I was like, okay, but it, it sounded a little bit fishy. <laughs> we go up there and when, when I fish in the creeks, I get in them creeks and they get wet and, and, uh, and, but man, you can, you got to get in the water. You just got to get, no matter how cold the water, you got to get in there and you got to get after it. So I told him all about it. He gets in there. He takes off. I said, I'll meet you back here. So I told him all about it. Go back there. And I, after we get through fishing, I go back and change my clothes and get a fire started. And uh, he comes back up there and he's shivering. He's cold and everything. He's like, and I'm like, Man, you probably ought to get out of them clothes and, and get, you some, get you some dry clothes on. He's like, well, I didn't bring any extra clothes. I'm like, well, get up there by the fire. And he just, and, and, he, and he starts complaining, you know, about everything. Now oh, it's cold. The, the water, you know, I didn't catch no fish. And uh, I said, well, did you bring a tent? Because we're going to sleep in the tent. Did you bring a tent? No, I didn't bring anything. I don't have a sleeping bag or nothing. I'm like, so finally, I was like, 
I got an idea. He said, what's that? I said, why don't we go, go back to town and get some dinner and go to the house? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to talk about it. And they want to go try it, but really, honestly, I just want to let you know, if you're going to jump out there in the middle of the water, there's going to be some, some things that happen that, that you're not going to like very much. It's not going to be real comfortable, but again, God didn't call you just to make you comfortable. If you're really going to jump in the middle of the water and really make hand that God called you to make, you're going to have to be able to climb some mountains, endure some storms. But I'm going to tell you something. When you catch that first fish, it'll change your life. I got a dog at the house. His name's Trip. And he's really, really good at what he does. He thinks. He'll go out there and and really honestly, what he does more than anything is just he just tantalizes everything he comes in contact with. And he thinks he's so cool. But he'll go out and he'll mess with them cows and he'll push one cow one direction. But you know what? He doesn't know nothing. He doesn't know anything at all. And when I've, I've tried to train him and, and he'll, he'll act like he wants to do it. And then whenever I turn my back on him, he's back there. And I mean, when he takes off doing what he wants to do, it, there's no calling him off. You know why? Because he's got his own agenda. I, I, I don't know if you ever knew any church people like that. How dare you? <laughs> Whenever the disciples got with Jesus, they walked everywhere they went. They had, you can tell your kids that if they want to. <laughs> They went a new, a new truck. Well, Jesus didn't have one. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but uh, follow me. I'll make you. F- I want to tell you. Can I tell you a fishing story before I close? I just want to tell you. Uh, uh, I want to read to you a fishing story. Can I do that? Okay. I got to sit down. Give me a minute. If you're going to tell a story, you need to sit down. It came to pass that a group existed and called themselves fishermen. And lo, there were many, many fish in the water. In fact, the whole area was surrounded by streams and lakes and filled with fish and the fish, they were very, very hungry. Week after week, month after month, year after year, those who called themselves fishermen 
met in meetings and talked about their call to fish, the abundance of fish and how they might go about fishing. Year after year, they carefully define what fishing means and they defined fishing as an occupation and declared that fishing was always to be the primary task of fishermen. These fishermen built large, beautiful buildings and fishermen's headquarters. The plea was that everyone should be a fisherman and that every fisherman should fish. One thing they didn't do, however, was actually fish. In addition to meeting regularly, they organized a board and sent out fishermen to other places where there were many fish and the board was formed by those who had great vision and courage to speak about fishing, to define fishing, to promote the idea of fishing in a faraway stream and lakes where many different species of fish live, they wanted to send fishermen out to foreign countries to fish. Also, the board hired a staff to appoint committees. They held many meetings to define fishing, to defend their fishing, and to decide what new streams should be thought about when they did actually fish. But the staff and the committee members, they didn't fish. Large, elaborate, and expensive training centers were built whose original and primary purpose was to teach fishermen how to fish. Over the years, courses were offered on the needs of fish, the, the natures of fish, and how to define fishing, and the psychological reaction of fish and how to approach and how to feed fish. Those who taught, they had, they had doctorates in fishology. <laughs> but the teachers didn't fish, they were busy teaching. They only taught fishing. Further, the fishermen built large printing houses to publish fishing guides Presses were kept busy night and day to produce materials solely devoted to books about fishing. And they devoted equipment and programs to arrange and encourage programs to talk about fishing. And there was a speakers bureau that also provided to schedule speakers to come and talk about the subject of fishing. After one stirring meeting in the, on the necessity of fishing, one young man left the meeting and actually went fishing. The next day, he reported that he had got two outstanding fish. And he was honored for his excellent catch and was scheduled to visit many conferences to tell how he did it. So. Because he was so very busy speaking about fishing. <laughs> he quit fishing. In order to have time to tell about his experiences to other fishermen. He was also placed on the fisherman's 
general board as a person having considerable experience. Imagine how someone was hurt when one day an individual suggested that those who don't fish really aren't fishermen. No matter how much they claim to be fishermen, yet it did sound correct. Is a person really a fisherman if year after year after year after year they never catch a fish? Is one really following if he's not fishing? The most challenging question that was asked by the young man who actually fished if you are really a fisherman, where are your fish? Where are your fish? Paul Harvey made the statement. He said that, he said that us people in church, many in church today have moved from being fishers of men to keepers of the aquarium. Today, I want to challenge everybody in this room to actually fish. What that looks like is way above my pay grade to tell you how you personally are supposed to fish. Only God can tell you that. Where to fish, how to fish. He can tell you that. And he's asking you today to follow him and to be a fisher of men. He has called you to go fishing. Will you fish? Lord, help us to understand the value of eternity in our hearts. Help us, Lord, to understand the, the power of the Holy Spirit that Holy Spirit that you want to speak in us, you want to speak to us, and you want to speak through us. Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to prioritize you and your word. when we go out into the world as we go to Kroger's and Walmart and McCoy's and Jim's Hardware we share your word oh God help us Lord when we at home with our kids to teach our kids to pray and teach them the word of God teach, them, teach our kids how to fish help us Lord to value Loving people the way that you love people. Lord, we repent for the distractions of the, the little birds that land on our fishing pole that keeps us from doing what you've called us to do. Help us, Lord, in everything we do, in everything we do to follow you.
I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior. The greatest gift known to mankind is the gift of eternal life. And this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, maybe if you have and you just, just haven't been living for him, the Bible says that we've all sinned, we've all come short of the glory of God. None of us here have ever, uh, none of us have, we've all sinned. Trust me, we have all sinned. But the difference is, is, is accepting him as our personal savior and saying, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. So this morning, if you've never accepted him as your savior, maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Slip your hand up high. Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Anybody? Anybody? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand with me, please? sermon seemed heavy to me. I didn't mean for it to be that heavy, but I mean, maybe it was supposed to be. It's a good word though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we, we, need to, we need to take a hold of it. Y'all digest all that. And take, take it home with you and let it marinate. I like to use that word because that's kind of what the Holy Spirit does. It kind of marinates inside of us. and Let him have his way in your heart. How many needs to be better fishermen? Raise your hand. You, you really need to be. A, I think we could all raise our hand to that. Raise your other hand if you don't mind. And I, would, I just want to pray for you. Lord, we uh, surrender today to you. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. I thank you, Lord, for, for Krista and her team back there that have set up all this uh, uh, opportunities to, to, to teach us how to fish better. And I pray, Lord, that you just help us, Lord, to take advantage of that. Help us, Lord, to to be your hands and your feet, your voice, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that you are more than enough for every situation we find ourselves and that your plan is for us to carry out your word. Lord, that's a that's a big bill to fill and we know we can't do it in and of ourselves, but we want to do it with you. Lord, guide us and direct us. Help us to be willing like the disciples, Lord, just to immediately, immediately follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Listen, I want to invite you to come back to the back. Yeah, do it like immediately if you don't mind. I love you all. God bless you. We got our prayer team up here. If you need special prayer, God bless you.